Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. I'm Nicolene Peck and I'm joined here with my daughter, Paige Peck Baumert. Hi, Paige. Hello. All right, Paige, today it's going to be fun. We're going to be talking about mentoring, mentoring our children with love. So parents are definitely supposed to be teachers and mentors of their children. What is the difference between a teacher and a mentor? So a person who does teaching usually just pushes someone through a certain path, but a mentor they look at the person that they're teaching and they say, what do I need to remember about this person? How can I invest them personally in this? So teachers and mentors, both valuable parents definitely do both roles, but if they see themselves more as a mentor to their children, that changes a lot for the relationship. The children and the parents both see themselves connected in a way that keeps everybody's uniqueness, everybody's potential in mind. And they talk about this deliberately and openly. Today, we're going to talk about that. It's going to be a lot of fun. But before we do that, as is tradition, we want to share a fun family activity with you today. So Paige, do you remember that game, Guess Who, that we used to play? That's a classic. It's a total classic. In fact, I don't know how you cannot like the game Guess Who. It's so simple. It is so so simple. Like anyone can play this game. You know, you have the pictures and you ask little questions, but, and and you can play this game individually, right? But whenever two people start playing it, other people start coming and looking over the (laughs) shoulder, right? Because this is actually a fun group type activity to do. So I want to talk about group guess who, and you can even make your own group guess who, which is super fun. So you can get pictures of certain people. You could print them off, put them on cardstock cards. You could actually print prints of your family members, and you could make your own guess who game in a way that is super personal and that you can play as a group. So the group looks through all the cards and decides who they want to have as their person and then allows people from the other group to ask questions like, well, is the person outside? You know, so now you can bring in the environment that is around the person in the picture as opposed to just looking at the person's head. So it really creates a lot of fun. You can also add a lot more faces and heads to it so that the group can get rid of things. No, 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 that is outside. Get rid of that. You know, no, that person, it is summer. That looks like it's summer. Get rid of the summer. Okay. (laughs) Because you could have a guess who with the same person in every picture. I mean, anyway, the sky is the limit. Super fun. It could be a great party game, a great game to do for a bridal shower you could have pictures of all of the you know the people at the bridal shower i mean there's just endless possibilities to what you can do with the the guess who concept and so i'm just throwing that out today and saying you know play it as a family play it as a and we've members of our family have even played it on dates before oh yeah 
Yeah, no, it's so fun. It's just, it's just one of those games that's too easy not to just duplicate into <laughs> other games. So if you have a little bit of a creative bent, make your own Guess Who played as a group. And if you don't and you want to just buy the Guess Who game and play it that way, then still play it as a group sometimes. Don't think of it just as an individual game. It could be a group game and it can be a lot of fun. Amen. All right, so let's talk about mentoring children and, and specifically focusing too on mentoring them with love. All right. So when well, I you think that's re- honestly like the whole concept of mentoring, being a mentor, I almost envision that as like being a teacher that teaches with love. Because you can have a teacher, mm-hmm. but you a mentor is someone who's like invested in you. Agreed. And so they in teach fact- with love and out of love. You said that better than I could say it. I was going in that direction. You knew it. You said it. Boom. We got it. <laughs> that is so true that there is that investment that's there that really, really looks at the potential of the person, not just delivering the lesson, right? Mm-hmm. It's different. And parents truly are supposed to be teachers slash mentors of their children. You know, whenever I think of a parent as a teacher, I think of them really in the framework more of as a mentor. Mm-hmm. So, but people, more people understand what it means, what a teacher is than what a mentor is. So sometimes yeah. I use those words interchangeably, but I mean, mentor. but it means, yeah, you're trying to get the same point across. Yeah, exactly. So as we talk about mentoring the children today and having that attachment, that investment with them, we're going to talk about some of the best ways you can do that as a parent, but we're also going to look through the lens of self-government. So self-government is a process of controlling yourself, choosing who you want to become and then controlling yourself. And our children need to learn self-government to find success in life in order to have self-mastery and happiness and feelings of confidence and stuff in their lives. And you know what? We need it as parents too. So the whole family needs self-government. You know, the old, the old personality, radio personality, Paul Harvey from way (laughs) back in the day. I, I remember Paul Harvey's voice. I'm that old. Anyway, um, (laughs) he has a famous quote where he says, self-government won't work without self-discipline. And, um, and cause self-government really does mean self-discipline. And I think a lot of people think that self-government means, um, the type of society that they want to have. And certainly in the United States, we're supposed to be a self-governing, you know, nation. That's why the people are talked about so much, but without self-discipline, without all the people choosing that self-discipline is also of extreme value, um, then they actually never achieve the self-government. Well, and if you think, think about it, like really it's, profound statement. Yeah. Especially with recent events, you know, our, our country is lacking in discipline. And so the government is actually kind of shutting down and things are not going like they're not able to govern the way they were set up to govern because the people under, you know, that government are not disciplined. Yeah. And a lot of other people, you know, right. Just looking out for self-interest, it's hard to make any sense of all the mess that we're seeing. Right. I mean, you know, we, we all, everyone's got their theories and their ideas and depending on who you listen to and whatever, it's going to influence all of that. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, the big picture of what go, what is going on right now is people are not having self-discipline or self-government. So it should be no surprise. And when I say people, I don't mean every single person, 
because I know there are many, many people who follow principles, live virtuous lives, govern themselves, and they are involved in this too. But But I also think that we see a whole bunch of people that are going, what I want, what I want, what I want, what would make me feel good. And that is actually not anything. I mean, that there's not a principle there. What you want or what you think is going to make you feel like you want to feel is actually not a principle. That is instead just a, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? It's a my mind is just drawing a blank, but it's, it's like a craving. It's a, it's a desire. It's a preference. That's what I was thinking. It's a P word. It's a, (laughs) it's a preference. There is a difference between a preference and a principle. And we have a lot of people on both sides of things who are like, I prefer, I prefer, I prefer instead of what's the principle, what's the principle. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and I can see definitely where certain people are saying, what's the principle, but even when we're getting to the higher ups, a lot of it is what they prefer and why, and what they get out of it, what people get out of it. Um, and we see people changing colors and changing dialogues. And it's interesting. We don't need to get into all that, but, but I will say, <laughs> but I will say it is interesting. It is interesting to see the story of what happens to a self-governed people who does not focus on self-disciplining themselves, controlling themselves, but instead say it's the government's job to fix, or it's somebody else's job to fix, or it's their fault, you know, whoever it is pointing at somebody else's fault for misinformation, for, you know. I say in one of your classes, you actually do teach um, about these circles of defenses. And, um, you know, the first one, which isn't, as widely accepted anymore is ourself. You know, if we have a problem, we should always look towards ourself first to see what skills we have to, that can help to fix our situation or to improve our situation. Um, and after that it's family and then, um, your church or your, um, area around you and then going to the government. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas nowadays, a lot of people just skip all of those, you call them lines of defenses, um, and go straight to government and expect the government to take care of everything. But if we do that, then that's us saying, you know, we're not willing to, uh, take responsibility for our own actions and we're not willing to put forth the effort to make anything better on our part. So we expect you to fix everything. And that creates a lack of discipline, which then makes it so the government can't actually do its job. So are we expecting the government to mentor us? I wonder. Because governments are shoddy at that. That is not a governmental yeah, They, they don't invest in individuals very well. Hopefully they <laughs> see the potential of their nation that they're in charge of, and they try to help them you know, achieve that potential. But they also have the power and ability to change the perception of potential and direction for the people and can do it without taking into account what the best interests of the people are at all, right? Even if they give it lip service. So they're in a very unique position. And I don't think that we should be trusted, trusting you know, them to mentor us anyway. So yes, you're right. We need to go to other lines of defense. So who should be mentoring us? Well, it starts with our families, our parents, right? Yeah. Especially like if we don't have the skills enough to mentor ourselves. 
Yeah. Well, and you ultimately end up learning to mentor yourself. Well, yeah. Well, to some degree, you stay connected with these lines of defense, with your family, um, with religion or God or some higher authority, right? That is it almost like now that I think about it, it, it almost works in the opposite for when it comes to learning nowadays. So, you know, children to learn, they go to school that's run by the government. And then after school, they're like, okay, well, next place to learn, obviously, you know, I guess from church family, church area or, you know, surrounding areas. And then, yeah. And then, and then, um, then they're like, oh, you know, I guess I could learn something from my family. Like my dad, my dad taught me how to fish, you know, or whatever. And then they finally learn from themselves, which I think creates, it creates very much a feeling of entitlement. Mm -hmm. Um, when you're, relying on others especially those farthest away from you in your lines of defense to give you what you need the most on a personal level mm-hmm. yeah absolutely i think you're spot on there that's a really great observation because when you start thinking the the biggest thing needs to take care of your needs first then you don't even care really what the people closest to you do or say, and you're just bound to take them for granted. In fact, I was just watching a program the other night. It was called survivalists. I think it was the name of it. Um, and not to be confused with survivor, which I do not watch and won't watch <laughs> anyway, but <laughs> survivalists. And it's about families, two families who go on these like hiking trips and it's kind of like a race and, And they always explain what they want to get out of it. And always there's some family on there that says, well, my children just don't like each other. We don't have a very good bond. Now that my child is older, we just don't have that connection that we want to have or that we used to have. Mm -hmm. And I think to myself, well, why, what is your child connected to? And, and on the one I I watched the other night, they said, They said, well, you know, it's so great because there's no phones and there's no, you know, friends. Oh, they're happy and they don't have their friends. And I thought to myself, see right there, you've identified the problem. You don't know you've identified the problem, but the problem is (laughs) you're not spending enough time with With your children. Yeah, exactly. And you're allowing them to spend all their time with society and social being connected to things instead of people and, and school and whatever and not with you and so you can't mentor a person when they are not connected to you so you can hardly even teach a person yeah because they may not they're just like well yeah wah 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 talking head right (laughs) and so yeah i mean it is and so so let's this is a perfect perfect segue into our, our real meat of what we want to discuss today but wow, that was a fun, like ADD moment, I guess, you know, we just like went off the path a little <laughs> and we did that, but it was good info, though. Yeah, we're off the cuff here at the teaching self-government yeah. podcast. We are not scripted. Can you tell we are not scripted? <laughs> we interrupt each other every five seconds. Okay. We're trying not to though. Okay. Cause we know it annoys <laughs> some people and sorry if you're one of those. Okay. So anyway, um, uh, but, th- but this is, you know, Paige and I, we, we just have this type of communication where we just, ah, we build and we synergize and we, and so that's why. But I also that. if you, if you know my mom, Nicolene, you know, she likes to talk. So sometimes you can't get a word in unless you cut her off. So <laughs> oh, touche, touche. That is so true. Okay. But I try, I try to be thoughtful about that, but yes. you're right. You but when you get going on something you're passionate about, if you, if I want to get a word in, I have to actually like cut you off and say, I have something to say. 
<laughs> uh, sometimes I don't breathe. Yeah, it's, okay. it's true. It's, it's but it's okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, so let's talk about mentoring here. Let's talk about caring and bonding. Okay. Because when we're going to bond with someone, we're going to make that investment. Um, then we can mentor them, but otherwise they're not going to take our mentoring if they don't feel like we care or if they don't well, feel connected, yeah. connected to us. If we know. don't invest in them, they won't invest in us because we have to show them, um, you know, how much we care before they care about what we're going to show them. Yeah. Okay. So when you mentor a person, what you're helping them do is take responsibility and take the initiative in their own life, Mm -hmm. in their own self-government, in their own goal setting. So mentoring someone is a deliberate action. It is not accidental. It, when a person decides, I care enough about that person, I'm going to tell them what I really think. I'm going to tell them what I really care about. That is a deliberate mentor step. They may not think of themselves as a mentor, but they are mentoring at that moment. And they are deliberately telling a person something that they think can help them because it comes from a place of caring. That is that is a mentor moment. I, I heard a story just this morning. I was on a conference there was a person speaking about her really tragic story and she was taking her life in a really bad direction just completely altering who who she was uh, mentally Mm. biologically everything and she said her grandpa who was the only person in her life who was not messed up um, who, you know, who wasn't filled with trauma and dysfunction who she looked to as her only stable figure in her life looked at her one day and with his whole heart just said, you have to stop this. You have to stop doing what you're doing to yourself because she was, her life was going down the tubes. And she said that that moment where her grandfather said that to her, what changed it all. She was like, if this person who has no dysfunction, who is the most stable, loving person I know, who I know cares about me to no end is going to tell me to stop, then I think I'm going to stop. And she changed everything, literally Mm. everything. She is a powerhouse now. And I'm like, from one loving mentor saying, you've got to stop. And how many mentors are brave enough to even tell a person that you've got to stop? Well, if you're invested in someone, especially emotionally, then when you love someone, you know, you're, you're willing to say the hard things or say the things that need to be said, even if it's hurtful or if it's going to cut to the core, because you know, it's what's good for them. And you love them. Mm-hmm. But you don't start there, right? No, no, no. So no. <laughs> we don't start there because that's a bad starting place. Because then they'll stop listening to you and you can't mentor them anyway. Right. So what you do is you start all the way along creating this great mentor relationship, this great bond and connection where you can have open communication and where they trust you. Mm-hmm. And they know you're not a dysfunctional figure in their life. And I think this is a key thing. Um, if the parents are really dysfunctional, the, they're not going to be able to mentor their children well. And there'll come a point where the children go, I don't trust that mentoring mm-hmm. because it feels 
manipulative. It feels weird. It's not honest. You're all over the place, mom and dad or mom or dad or whoever is doing it. And so we've got to make sure we're stable too, right? As good mentors. So anyway. um, Well, and that just means you have to mentor yourself. You know, you have to continue to be stable, continue to be searching for truth and correct principles. And, you know, in order to be a mentor to someone else, you have to be able to mentor yourself. Because you have to always be progressing and growing and learning in order to share your wisdom with your mentee. Yeah, well, and and if you're not there yet, and you don't even know exactly how to mentor yourself, which means self-govern yourself, then what you have to do is you probably have to find a person to hold yourself accountable to, right? Someone you can fully trust who really is wise. Mm -hmm. Maybe you pay them, maybe you don't. You know, maybe it's a therapist, maybe it's not. But whoever you feel absolutely is the most important person for you to meet with. So when a person mentors another person, they help them take the responsibility. They help them take initiative in their own lives so that they accomplish what? Their goals. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we have three meetings that we talk about with teaching self-government. And that doesn't mean you can't invent more for yourself. If you want to, (laughs) go ahead. But we have three in the Peck family couples meetings, family meetings, and mentor meetings. These are all talked about in the teaching self-government parenting course, which is on teachingselfgovernment.com. I'm not going to go into great detail about all the particulars and the ins and outs of these, these mentor meetings, um, especially all three of them. We are just going to talk about mentor meetings today. <laughs> um, did I say mentor meetings and then mentor meetings? That maybe didn't make a lot of sense. Um, sorry about that. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> All of the meetings are meant for mentoring. Husband and wives mentor each other. Okay. The family helps mentor and support each other. But, but in particular, we're going to be discussing the, the parent and child, like the single child with the parent or with the parents. Okay. Individual mentoring. Individual mentoring instead of as a group and as a married couple and the formats that we follow for these meetings are different. I'm not going to get into all of the formats, although we will give you an example. So let's talk about some key things that you have to have to have a great mentor meeting. So we have mentor meetings with our children once a week. These happen for our family on Sunday afternoons or Sunday evenings. And these were always really uh, of all the meetings we had the favorite meetings. Why Paige? Why were these meetings what you liked best? Because you didn't have to compete with your siblings for your parents' attention. Yeah. It was all for you, right? Mm-hmm. And, and plus, you got to make goals and yeah. see yourself accomplished. Those are the meetings where I really learned how to set goals for myself and then make plans to achieve those goals. And it was really awesome to see, especially because like we would make a plan, and then next week we'd get back together Um And we'd say, okay, how did it go? And I'd be like, I did it. You know, I accomplished my goal. Or, you know, I think we need to tweak this plan just a little bit so I can reach it, you know, reach it next week. Mm -hmm. And, but we actually sat down and had that time to plan things out. And that's been a huge blessing for me, especially in my married life, because I, I know how to make goals and I know how to achieve them. I know how to schedule my day out to create the plan that I need to achieve all of my goals. And now that I am married, there's so many more and you know, I'm married, I'm in school, I run a business. And so I have to be super planned out and I have lots of goals for each area of life. And I have to have plans for each of those goals. Mm-hmm. Whereas some people- so you're ha- Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was saying, whereas some people like they didn't grow up with that. And so it's harder for them to 
achieve, you know, things that they want. So yeah, people want things, but if they don't have any goals or plans on achieving that, they expect someone else to achieve it for them. So Paige, you are highly motivated. And what you're saying is you learned to become highly motivated by being mentored by people, your parents, who were highly motivated and taught you in mentor meetings how to be highly motivated. That's awesome. So (laughs) let's talk about these mentor meetings. I want to give a couple of quick ground rules. I'm not going to discuss these at length because we could probably discuss every one of them in their own mentor or or their own podcast. Anyway, so number one, don't lecture. Okay. So mentor meetings are not the time for parent lectures. That's very important. Super important. This is the kids will check out open communication and, and every, and everyone gets input and you are, are really focusing on what the child is planning for themselves, not what you want them to know from you right then. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they have to be open to the lesson, you know, yeah. um, eye contact important. So make sure there's a connection there. We often sat by each other. No devices. Yeah. No devices. That is a bad one. Use paper. That's why we actually have the forms, the, the mentor meeting forms, the family meeting forms. I loved having the paper and I loved writing down my own goals that we talked about. It was yeah, so it nice. is better. It is so much better than having devices. Um, next one, lead with love and understanding. So maybe there are some touchy things you have to talk about, you know, I mean, children, they go through things. They, sometimes they have issues that need addressing, Mm -hmm. be understanding, lead with love and understanding, and be sure that, that you are, you know, going to be showing them it's okay to be having the conversation. Yeah. and additionally to that, the next tip is there's no wrong answers. You ask them something and they say, well, this is what I do, or this is what I think or whatever. And when I say there's no wrong answers, I mean, they could be misled and they could be wrong about something, but, but if they say something to you, then you discuss it. You don't, um, you don't just be like, whoa, you are totally off. It's not that kind of a discussion. It's like, well, what do you think? Well, where do you think you want to go from here? And what they think is what they think. And what do you think the true principle is? And I think that's an important piece to Mm -hmm. get to, especially if you feel like they're off base, you can say, well, what is the true principle we should be focusing on here that goes along with what you're thinking about, you know, your goal in this area or something, because some of them can be off base and you have to lead them back. I was mentoring a young man once and I had mentor meetings with him each week and he would tell me some kind of outlandish things that he wanted. I think that's why his parents wanted me to mentor him, <laughs> his grandmother actually. And, and so I, and then I would say, okay, well, but what's the principle there? Like what good can you, can come of that? Like, is there an actual good? What's the definition of good? Good means God-like or leading toward God's way. So when, if you do that with your life, if that's where you're going, how does it, cause you say you want to be good. How, how does it match? And he couldn't draw the lines. He struggled and couldn't draw the lines. And it was very confusing for him. Okay, next rule, open communication. So again, kind of along the same lines there. Um, Next one, you got to set achievable goals at first. So you're going to be doing some goal setting. You want to set achievable goals at first in all the different areas. And age-appropriate goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember when I was younger, like really young, I'd say probably like four or five, um, we would have our mentor sessions and I would sit there and um, 
you know, I would draw pictures of what I wanted if I couldn't necessarily write it down or, you know, we'd sit there and sometimes we would just, I would just draw with dad. It would just be me and dad and we'd draw a picture. We'd do a story. Yeah. And you might say something like, I want to be nicer to Quinn or I want to learn to make cookies. That's a cheese achievable in a week. Okay. Oh yeah. For a five-year-old. Oh yeah. (laughs) And so, yeah, they need to be achievable goals at first, not big, huge things because a person loses the love of, of setting goals if they're not ever achievable. And at first they need to be achievable. That's a major Mm -hmm. important thing. And you're going to be setting goals in various different areas, spiritual goals, intellectual goals, social goals, physical goals for themselves and their bodies and stuff. And if you're familiar with like the smart acronym for goal setting achievable or attainable is one of those goals or one of those aspects i'm not even familiar with that wow well then (laughs) okay that is awesome i love that okay so next one plan for fun times and bonding in our in our mentor sessions we plan for more opportunities to bond throughout the week we have certain activities that we set up different dates or Um, fun goals that people have stuff like that that we set up and that's in the meeting form Um, the next thing is connect 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 so bonding big one we've already hit on that (laughs) Um, next tip is give ideas and so be a leader don't necessarily be a dictator yeah and so I think that I remember you would like we'd be sitting there planning and you and dad would be like okay well what about this this is an idea or maybe you could try this you know, to achieve your goal or, Hey, you don't have a goal in mind. What about this? You know, this could be an idea. And then I'd be like, Oh yeah, let's do that. Or "Mm, no, that's not quite right. You know? Mm. Well, that's because we would ask you a question. We would say something like, um, so Paige, what do you want your social goal to be? And then, and we had maybe just talked about your friends or whatever. And then we'd get blank stare. (laughs) Happened a few times. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so then uh, what does a leader do? Does, I mean, we can wait for a minute, see if you come up with anything, but then a leader says, well, what if we tried to go in this angle and, and we put together a party for your friends? How would you like to do that and invite people over to nurture some of your friendships? And you're like, oh, no, or, and, or, Ooh, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> right. So either, but, but we would, we would throw some things out there so that you didn't feel the pressure of having to come up with your whole goal all by yourself. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm a leader, if I'm a mentor, I'm going to help guide you. But you're not going to make the decision for me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I can't. You could yeah. tell me one thing and still in your heart have a different decision. Every person gets to make their own decision. So. Well, that happens sometimes when I ask my husband for his opinion on which dress I should wear. <laughs> He's like, uh, do not ask me. I'll throw out two colors and then I'll get a color in mind. And most of the time, he usually says the other one. And I'm like, and okay. like oh, and then he's like, why did I give my opinion? You're I like, know. No, I just shouldn't have asked. Okay, <laughs> there you go. Those funny things that happen. Okay, so then the final, <laughs> the final tip for you is check up. Okay, so you're going to set goals. Now, then make sure you're having regular meetings so that you're checking up on yeah, that goal set. Follow up on those. So you're going to actually make some progress. So we're going to have a very short micro, tiny, tiny, short uh, mentor session. Okay. So Paige is going to pretend she's like, uh, you know, 12 years old. She's just going to be starting getting into adolescence. Oh, yay. And you know, maybe wanting more social in her life. I don't know, Paige, you decide what you, <laughs> if you even remember being 12, what, what you remember or puberty. 
Yeah, well, yes. So, and you don't need to go into great detail there. No, but no, no. anyway, uh, especially if we have, you know, younger people listening in. So, um, <laughs> but let's, let's have, let's have a mentor session just to give really, really briefly an idea of what that looks like. So it would sound something kind of like this. Oh, hey, Paige, go and get your mentor book and let's open it up. And it's time for you to have your special mentor session. Okay. Okay. He goes and gets it. She comes back and then we say, okay, thanks, Paige. Let's open this up. Okay. So I'm going to take the pen and I'm going to write it. But Paige sometimes could have written it herself too. You know, occasionally that happens. Oftentimes my husband would write it because this was a great place for him to get involved with the children. So because then he could see last week's goals and then he could follow up with me on those. Yeah. Well, and it just, he, you know, he wasn't as much into the day-to-day because I was around with the children in the day-to-day most of it. Mm-hmm. And so this is a great time for him to get a little bit more involved in the day-to-day. So he would sometimes write it. So anyway, so I start writing it and I say, wait, well, Paige, let's look back at your, your mentor session from last week and let's see what types of goals we set for ourselves. Well, it looks like in your spiritual goal that you decided that you wanted to really work on remembering to say morning prayers, that you were good at night prayers, but you wanted to remember to say morning prayers. How did you do there, Paige? How did you do on your morning prayers this week? Um, I actually did a lot better because while we were weeding the other day, I found a rock and I really wanted to paint a rock. And then I thought, hey, I could paint a rock that says pray. And so I did that and I put it by my bed. And so that helped me a lot. Okay. That is a really good idea. So now what, are you stubbing your toe on it like morning and night or? Well, you know, I, I tried putting it under my pillow, but then, you know, I sometimes like to flop on my bed and that hurt really bad. And so, yeah, that didn't work, but yeah, we just got, I just kind of put it by the, the bed, um, the foot of the bed and then, uh, or on my nightstand. So I see it right when I wake up. Okay. So do you want to keep that goal for this week or do you have another goal in mind? Is there something else that you would like to set for a spiritual goal for yourself? Um, I think I'm doing pretty good on prayers. So, but I am not doing very good at like my personal scripture study. I've never been good at that. And so I think I want to work on that this week. Okay. So what are you studying right now in your scriptures? Like what part of the Bible are you at? Um, I'm just in the four gospels. I think I'm in Mark right now. Okay. So do you want to set a goal for when you will be done with Mark? Because that would probably help you decide how much time you might want to spend each day. So let's look and see where you're at. So she would go and see where she's at. And then I would say, do you want to set a goal to get done in that way? Or do you just want to set a time limit for each day and wherever you get, you get, what do you think would be better for you? I was thinking a time limit, um, just because, you know, I do have other studies and stuff and, um, it takes me a little bit longer to get ready in the morning. And so, um, I think having maybe like, you know, a 20 or 30 minute time limit each morning or each day somewhere would be good. Okay. 20 or 30 time minute time limit. So do you want to set a certain time of the day when that happens so that you remember, 
or are you just going to hope to remember? What's your plan for remembering that amount of time? Um, maybe I can do it right after I say my morning prayers. If not, um, I could maybe do it right after we do our morning devotional, our canon. Okay, so let's figure out what type of a system are you going to write yourself a sticky note and put it somewhere so that you try to remember what what are you going to do to try to clue yourself to remember you're saying the prayer is going to be the clue or if you haven't done done it by the time that we did canon that's going to be the clue is that what you're thinking yeah i think by the time you dismiss us from morning devotion i'll be like oh okay that's the first thing on my list okay Awesome. I think that's a great idea. So then I would write that down. Here's our plan, right? So then we're going to move on to another area like, hey, Paige, let's talk about academics, right? So then I might talk about academics. We're going to set goals for for reading certain books or getting through a certain amount of lessons for, you know, math or science or and we're going to talk about her music studies and all of these kinds of things. So, and I'm not going to go into detail on all those because that's just going to get boring for you to listen to on here. <laughs> but um, but th- we would go through the same type of things. Well, how are you going to quantify it? How are you going to measure it? How are you going to make sure you follow through with the goal? You know, and we see her automatically thinking in those terms by coming up with the rock for the, the prayer anyway. So, but there are some other things that I think might be um, really good for us to just mention that we would also talk about in these ways. And that is we would talk about friends. We would talk about her relationship with her siblings. We would talk about her personal concerns that she might have for herself or things she wants to talk about for herself. Maybe, you know, things she's struggling with. Maybe she's noticed she's lying a lot. She wants to talk about, you know, how to stop lying or, you know, or something like that. I mean, there are, there are things that, we can talk about there. So then I would ask her, hey, Paige, um, who do you think is your best friend right now? And she might say, what? Oh, you know, my best friend is definitely Sienna. Um, we love hanging out and we love doing stuff together. Okay, What kind of um, good qualities do you learn from Sienna? Um, she is actually super outgoing. Sometimes uh, too much so, but... <laughs> she kind of helps me to learn how to be outgoing and to talk to people. Um, She's also really, really fun, but she also enjoys being around her family. And so um, a lot of times, you know, her younger sisters will join us in whatever we're doing. And sometimes that's annoying, but I really appreciate how sweet she is to um, her younger sisters. So you're learning how to treat your siblings in in a way where you're just really there for them like she is. I think that's awesome. So what types of things do you think you give to that friendship? Well, um, I think there are times when I kind of have to put on the brakes for some things (laughs) because kind of hold her back in a couple things when I feel like she's going too far. Um, So I feel like I kind of help her in that way. But I also feel like I can be a good example of kind of what wholesome fun looks like and um, different kinds of fun. Because, you know, a lot of what she likes to do is, you know, loud and boisterous. And, you know, I'm kind of that way too. But, you know, sometimes I like to do more quiet things. 
Oh, so you're opening her eyes to new ideas, to new yeah. things. So then I might, I might, we might discuss a little bit. Well, do you think you see her enough? Do you think you see her too much? And then I might turn the conversation and we're, we're not going to carry all of this out for you, but, but then I might turn the conversation to something like, um, you know, do you feel like you want to work on making any other friends or are there other friends that you want to become closer to um, perhaps? And then maybe we would discuss that. And then I might say, well, you know, what kind of ideas do you have for becoming close to other friends? And what would Paige maybe say? Um, well, I was thinking that since it's really nice weather outside and uh, we haven't gone ice blocking yet this summer, then I, I think I'd want to get a few friends together and maybe we can go ice blocking like in Salt Lake, maybe take a day trip. Mm, that would be a really fun activity. I love that idea. We just need to find a place that sells ice blocks anymore. It seems like everyone always just has the crush. I know. But I will look for that. I think <laughs> let's set a date for it. So we'd go to the calendar, we'd set a date for it. And boom, we've got a social goal for her to reach out to some other people and to, to start spreading her social circle. I would also maybe talk to her about her sibling relationships in a in a similar way. You know, how do you think your sibling relationships are going? How can you improve those relationships? That kind of thing. And, and that's, I'm, and I think this was the foundation of how it became to be, you know, I make friends very easily. Now I'm very much a people person. I have very good relationships with pretty much everyone I have and know. And this, the mentor uh, sessions were the foundation for that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, absolutely and um because you really kind of took ownership for for mm -hmm. all of that so then we would talk about maybe behaviors too if you had troubling behaviors i might say something like so we've been really trying to target lately the eye rolling and i've <laughs> noticed that you have because you know we've been having a struggle with calm face when mom's giving no answers or dad's telling you you want to, to do something, to give you an instruction that you don't want to do. You, you've had this habit of eye rolling, but I have noticed that this week that there have been times where you didn't eye roll. Now, what are you telling yourself at that time? Like, what are you doing to conquer that eye rolling? And, and what can we do to continue to work on that? Oh, sorry. I, I guess I'm just doing that unintentionally because I didn't even know that that was a problem. Sorry. Well, Oh, okay. So now she's, okay, let's talk about the eye rolling. So then at that point, we would say maybe, you know, did you know eye rolling gives this type of communication to somebody else and that this is what you're communicating and it's not good for your bond and connection with other people. And then we might say, if you actually have a concern about something or you're frustrated by something, there is a way that you could express this. And what about if we disagree appropriately? What about, you know, and we would come up with a plan for how to handle this, how she can be understood without having to feel like she needs to do a defiant action every time by eye rolling. So mm -hmm. anyway, um, you know, those are the types of things that we would talk about. And, and we might set at physical fitness goals and, you know, all kinds of things. And then when she's older, like at age 12, where she's at, we could definitely say, okay, well, do you want to make a commitment? Okay. So let's say we just talked about a physical fitness goal and Paige is going to go, you know, running every day for 20 minutes. So I might say, Paige, do you want to make a commitment 
for that goal that you for sure will follow through. And there's a section on the form where if they're older, if they're, they're children about, you know, 10 and older, we allow them to make commitments mm -hmm. instead of just goals. And so maybe what type of a commitment might you make? Uh, let's see. I'd probably say, you know, yeah, I can commit to that. If I can commit to that and do it every day, the whole week, then I think I want to go get ice cream from Macy's on uh, Saturday or next Monday or whatever. Okay. So she's going to set a positive consequence for herself for achieving that particular commitment that she's making. Sometimes even they have set negative consequences for themselves. They've said, you know what, if I don't follow through on this commitment, then this is going to be the negative. I won't get to whatever it is, or I'll have to do this other negative thing or something. And they set those, those things up for themselves and then they sign it. So they say, okay, well sign this and okay, well, it looks like we've made this commitment. Anyway, there's, there's so many other things that we talk about, such as dates and fungals and relationships and stuff, but you get an idea of how that discussion happens in those mentor meetings and how mm -hmm. it really is about me talking to her, seeing where she's at, me helping her go to the next level next level and become the person the version of herself that she wants to become that's the whole point of mentoring someone that's the whole point of the mentor meetings and that yeah. tone of those meetings like Paige said carries with them throughout everything else you do mm -hmm. throughout their whole lives they remember the principles learned by setting those goals and deliberately taking their their lives in control. So they, they take the initiative in their lives. They are responsible for what happens to them because yeah. of those meetings. No, and I thought it was interesting that, you know, as you were explaining things and when I mentioned, you know, the smart goal setting technique and you're like, I have no idea what that is, but you basically mentioned everything that was in there. So smart stands for specific. So what do you want to do? Measurable. How will you know when you've achieved it? Achievable. Is it in your power to accomplish it? Realistic, can you realistically achieve it? And timely, or some people say time-based or time-bound, when exactly do you want to accomplish it? And so, you know, there are slight variations to those words. They all start with the same letter and they all mean pretty much the same thing. But those were exactly the steps that we took, maybe not necessarily in that order, but to achieve our goals. And this is a system that a lot of people use, um, a lot of motivational people, a lot of uh, mentors and teachers to help people achieve their goals. Um, and one thing that one of my mentors for my business actually shared with me, she's like, you know, in, in all of that, I add one question at the end of that. Um, what is my next best step? And so to always be thinking ahead. So when you achieve one step, you okay, okay, what's my next best step in you know, to achieve this goal. And I thought that was huge. I'm like, yes, that's perfect. And so I really like, you know, that acronym for those things, because it helps me to remember, okay, these are things needed, you know, to consider in order to achieve a good goal and to make good goals. I love that. I love make that smart I, goals. I guess, I guess we can say that if you really truly are invested with a person and if you are good at problem solving that those things are going to be intuitive to do those steps really because mm -hmm. apparently I've just always intuitively done those steps and and I just feel like that's what it means to bond with a person that's what it means yeah. 
to care and to invest? And also why go through the trouble of setting up a goal if you don't plan how you are going to measure if you got there or how to determine when it's time for the next goal? Yeah. Well, because at that point it's just daydreaming. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And there is a difference. My husband and I have these classic daydreaming moments <laughs> where we sit in our yard and we dream about what it could be. But if you never take a step toward it, well then, you know. Or it plan it out. Yeah. So he, he loves to dream. It's so fun. He's like, oh, I'm just dreaming right now. I'm like, can we take the dream to the next level? Cause I'm always wanting to like take action, you know? And he's like, not right now. I'm just dreaming. <laughs> just just <laughs> like, let me envision okay. it. Okay. <laughs> so there's a moment to just dream, but if you want that dream to do anything, you have to go through the steps of setting a goal, measuring how you've done mm -hmm. and really making it broke it, break it down bit by bit, little goal by little goal and go to the next goal and, and follow up on how that's happening. And really we're trying to help our children become confident, happy, connected adults, people that are motivated and feel in charge of their own lives. Ah, self-governed. That's what we're trying wow. to make, uh, <laughs> or help them become it's a, not an overnight process. It's a, it's a lifetime pursuit. So the sooner you start having these deliberate conversations, the sooner they get the feeling that really they have to choose for their success. It doesn't just happen to them. And I think that brings us full circle, even back to our ADD moment where mm -hmm. we went off and said, people are expecting, you know, government and everything else to solve all their problems. And there's an entitlement thing going on there. Um, but when you meet with someone often, and you put their responsibilities back on them and they see that they can accomplish goals and really do something with themselves and with their lives. They don't need some outside source to make changes in their life for them. They can make their own changes. Then they're free. Then they're self-governed. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Paige, for joining me for this podcast. And thank you everyone for joining us on the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. If you want to find more out about mentor meetings, because we literally scratched the surface, <laughs> or if you want to find more about anything else we teach for how to help somebody self-govern themselves, then go to teachingselfgovernment.com. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.